Hello friends, welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to make this quick. So I want to get this episode out. First of all, welcome to the podcast. My name's Mackin. I'm just a guy. Uh, I like to make stuff. I like to make music things and talk to my friends. And that's what this podcast is. Um, talking about feelings and ideas and shit with individuals. Freeform conversation. Goes anywhere. Gets deep. Gets real. In our, in our soundbite culture. Um, in our fake news culture. I think it is healthy to have uh, long, in-depth conversations in person um, because that, to me, is still the best way to connect. Um, you know, arguments in Facebook comment sections aren't productive. This is something we know. I'm not telling you anything we don't know, guys. But I'm, uh, as I'm traveling abroad, I, I find that when you're sitting next to someone, sharing a meal, sharing a beer, sharing something, sharing an experience, man, and you're looking into each other's eyes, it's so much easier to find the humanity in one another. Obviously, I'm a fucking white dude, so it's, uh, it's different. Obviously, I, you know, the way I'm, I'm treated is uh, different than maybe like what some of my friends would experience around the world. But um, all I'm saying is that we have more in common than we don't. In most places you go, people just like to laugh and hang out and eat food and dance and, you know, look at the beautiful things and talk to each other and, you know, I don't know. Basically what I'm saying is conversations are cool and uh, that's what podcasts are all about, man. And, um, <laughs> hello guys, here I am rumbling away. But I'm sorry for this audio quality. I'm recording on my iPhone fucking headphone mics, um, microphone. Um, blah, 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 blah. It's actually kind of ironic because this episode is a great episode I recorded with Andy Inadome, who's a wonderful audio engineer and producer and music person. Um, and he actually <laughs> brought over these really, really nice microphones for us to record this episode on. So this intro will be the worst audio quality that you'll experience on this podcast. And the episode will actually be maybe the best audio quality. <laughs> so basically, thank you for listening, everybody. I love you so much. Andy is a really smart, cool dude who I've uh, known uh, for a little while. We've worked together before, but this was maybe our first time kind of like just kicking it the two of us, you know? And uh, shortly after this, we got to play uh, a sweet game of Dungeons and Dragons with uh, good friends Reese Finley uh, and more people who haven't been on this podcast, but... Um, Basically, uh, friends are cool and talking is cool and everyone is cool and I love you. Anyways, take care of yourselves, friends. Be nice to yourself. Forgive yourself. You beating yourself up ain't fucking helping nobody. Take care, sweeties. so much more legit than I've ever done this podcast. <laughs> I'm intimidated, and we're in my house. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for making the time, man. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited. And thanks for the beer. What am I drinking there? Uh, Anchor Steam. It's from San Francisco. I didn't. I bought it at Calmar, but it is mm. brewed in San Francisco. It is delicious. Yeah. Heck yeah. 
I'm stoked, man. You're the first person to like reach out to me. Like, I'm very hyped. Yeah. I mean, you know, I really enjoyed uh, listening. Like, I, I think you. I told you I discovered podcasts like a month ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. What's your what's your journey been? Um, well, it was, uh, that guy I was telling you about my friend, Sam, Yeah. um, he started his podcast and, uh, I wanted a way to listen to it because he's one of my best friends, Right. but I, I didn't realize that there was a podcast app. I thought podcasts yeah. happened on YouTube or on SoundCloud. Right. So he turned me onto the podcast app. Game changer. Yeah. Uh, because I couldn't do SoundCloud because I don't have unlimited data. Right. So I can download them all ahead of time. Yeah. And then that made me realize there were way more podcasts that, uh, than I knew about. Yeah. And I remembered yours because I had listened to like Brian's episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I saw you did all these other cool people like uh, Rosie Tucker. Yeah. I'm like her, I mixed her first album. It's a great album. You did a great and, job. And uh, I'm like her number one fan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> me too, man. And uh, Madison Douglas, who I've seen play before, and I just think she's, like, amazing. Yeah, she's rad. And then I saw that you had done, like, a bunch of friends of mine. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) So, like, uh, you know, uh, Reese, Finley, and I go way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, That one was heavy. That one, we got pretty deep on that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's he's a really deep guy. He is. Really, like, he's really in tune with his emotions. He is. It was great. I learned a lot. I Um, learned a lot from him on the reg. And... You did uh, Michael Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one might have been my favorite just because he's such a smart guy. He's so smart. And listening to him talk and reason through things is yeah. always just a lot of fun. Yeah, so intelligent and so yeah. like fundamentally kind and good, you know? Yeah, he's a great guy. It's interesting. Like A lot of those people, you just the names, like, maybe with the exception of Reese, a lot of those <clears throat> people, that was kind of the first time that we had really like hung out, like Brian and Rosie and... Uh, yeah. So it's was, it was, it was, been, like, fun for me to kind of just, like, <laughs> you know, and it lure seems, people into my Yeah, it seems like a world. great way to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a good time. Um, and I know you mixed my first EP, uh, my did. first solo EP. Yeah. Um, Projector with uh, Pacino, Pacino producing. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, in that really cool home studio. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I live. <laughs> that's so rad, man. Um, that isn't my studio. I have a different studio now, but mm. that was a studio that I learned in, and uh, yeah, uh, it's my mentor's studio. So mm. yeah, that's super sick, man. Where are you from again? Uh, I'm from Palos Verdes, which is like a suburb of LA County, mm-hmm. about and forty minutes south. Yeah. And how do you how do you identify like do you identify most as an engineer as a mixer like I audio person Yeah, I I identify as an audio engineer. I mm. I do think of myself as a producer sometimes, but I have produced so little that I think it's much more realistic right. to uh call myself an audio engineer. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I am trying to produce more, mm-hmm. but uh well, weirdly I'm also trying to write recently. I've been writing Whoa, some, hell um, yeah. Which isn't something that I've done since high school when I was like in bands. What did you play in bands? Uh, bass. Nice. Primarily. Heck yeah. Um, sometimes guitar, but mostly bass was my instrument. Do you usually write on bass or guitar or piano? Or? Um, I usually write. Actually, uh, I start with like top line. Oh yeah. I Hell yeah. Fill out from there, and I often bring in friends because that's the thing is I don't really consider myself. A musician, especially now, especially now mm. that I have not practiced an instrument in 
well over five years. I wouldn't identify as a musician, even though I know mm. like I can read music and I can right. play all these different instruments. But yeah. to call myself a musician would be kind of yeah generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when you're comparing yourself, to, there's always going to be someone who's like that's true more official at the thing that you do than you are. Also, all of <laughs> my know? friends are studio musicians. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like I don't really practice that. You know, like compared to like a classical musician, like yeah. it'd be hard to call myself a musician. But I also like. It's. I've had like so much insecurity about identifying as a producer recently, just because I feel like every fucking douchebag you talk to is like, "Yeah, I'm a producer." Like, okay, that's totally <laughs> a thing. So when I used to kind of go to more like Hollywood type parties, especially because yeah. I started out working in like management before I was engineering. That's right. That's right. You wanted to do A and R originally, right? Yeah, and um, and I worked as like a manager in EDM too. Really. And, uh, but coming out of that, when I focused all of my attention to, uh, engineering and producing, Mm. I would still be going to these like Hollywood type parties and my friends would be like, oh, this is my friend Andy. He's a producer. And I would like pull them aside and be like, please don't (laughs) introduce me as a producer. Just say I'm an audio engineer. Right. And I'll be like, yeah, I produce some stuff too. So true, man. Because like, whenever I'm introduced, whenever someone says like, "Oh, like I'm a producer," my just a fucking eye roll inside of my yeah. head. You know? They could be, it could be fucking Quincy Jones in disguise, and I'd be like, "Get out of here! I don't give a fuck." So you know, yeah, it's a pretty. <laughs> it's just a. It's just so easy to say you're a producer because you don't have to do anything on the spot to like, <laughs> you know, yeah. prove that you have skills. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like I also know a lot of people that are working on screenplays that have <laughs> been like, oh, like, have you written anything? No, but like, I got I go to Starbucks money. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bought, I bought, uh, what's the fucking software? Oh, uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. This, that would have been a funny reference if I could have pulled it out. <laughs> what was, uh, what was managing like? Like, what is your approach to that as like an up and coming manager? Um, I feel like I don't know anyone trying to manage. Managing was. Did you fall into it or did you seek it out? You're like, I'm going to manage. I fell into it. I was, I was interning at RCA and Mm -hmm. my, uh, my supervisor there, uh, he got a call from some friends of his and he was like, Hey, uh, there, there is this DJ Porter Robinson. His managers are looking for a new day today. And I was like, Mm. well, he's my favorite DJ. So (laughs) I feel like I should apply. I did. And I got the job and, uh, How old were you and how old was he? I was 21. He and I are the same age, like a few months mm. apart. But we didn't have that much contact because he lives in North Carolina. Right. And I was also responsible for the day-to-day operations of a few more DJs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that consist of? Uh, so that is uh, DJs mostly do fly-out dates. So for right. tours, they... Might they fly everywhere? They don't take a bus usually, unless they have day after day after day after day, which they don't because they typically do weekend shows. Right. I'm also just fucking in love with this microphone. (laughs) That what you so you keep it just real quick for the listeners. What you tell them about about the mics you brought? Yeah, I thought it would be fun to bring by a couple of uh, classic microphones to uh, to do this podcast with. So, Mac, and you're uh, you're talking into a yeah. Shure SM7B, hello, hello, hello. which is the uh, famously it's the Michael Jackson Thriller microphone. Yep. Uh, well, technically, that was the Shure SM7 without a B, but really, they are. What's the difference? 
I'm not sure. Mm. And from what I've heard, there really isn't one. <laughs> but I bet Bruce Swedeen, who engineered that album, would swear to you up and down that there is a huge difference. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I am talking into an AKG D12E, which uh, famously, I believe John Lennon sang into in some of the Beatles live acoustic performances. Mm. That's super sick, man. That yeah. one just looks super cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's from the 60s and Ooh. it was made in Germany. Nice. And, you know, you German kick, engineering. You said it's a kick drum mic? It's a, this is my kick drum mic, yeah. That's fucking rad, man. And I don't really understand how vocals sound decent through it, but it works. <laughs> That's super cool, man. You were saying about the, the DJs, the day-to-day stuff. Right. So, um, so I was essentially kind of the tour manager for the smaller DJs. Um, I would make sure everything was in line with the venue. I would uh, make sure all of their travel and stuff was in order. Yeah. All their reservations. I would field all of the, uh, field all of the press. Mm-hmm. Anything where third parties wanted interaction with any right. of the clients would generally go through me first as a screening and like initial negotiation and stuff. Yeah. Before going to my bosses mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff. Oh, and a lot of like That's securing cool. press. So every yeah. place that like a DJ is going to do a show, it's good to get them an interview there, get them on a radio station, get some promotion stuff, maybe like give, get a ticket giveaway going at the local college radio. Mm. Uh, so you would you would seek that stuff out? Yeah, I would seek all of that out. How does that process work? Like, if you're like, oh, I want to get them an interview in Tulsa. <laughs> uh, then For you, all the sick EDM festivals in Tulsa. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of, uh, I think they call it Facebook stalking. Mm. So it's, you know, you look up what universities are in the area. Uh-huh. Then you try to find out what the local college radio station is there. Because college radio is the easiest thing to get to. Right. And they have a small listener base, but the people that work there are... So even if they give the tickets away to someone that works there, yeah, they're probably going to be like one of the cooler kids, one yeah. of the influencers, so to speak. You can't say right. that I'm doing air quotes, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So you get it to them oftentimes by going to the website and you, you know, you look for the director or the... Right. DJ, but oftentimes their email is director at kxsc.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you also look them up on Facebook and hit them on Facebook because generally you only have like two days for them to reply right, to get right. this going. Yeah. So you have to hit them from everywhere possible. Mm-hmm. And it helps when you have like big names to right. back up because they yeah. want those tickets. And, yeah. And you just say, yeah, you just need to talk about the show like five times and mm-hmm. we'll give you these tickets to do whatever you want with. That's dope. And also look up all of like the local music blogs in the area and music publications and offer people tickets to come to the show and do an interview with the artists. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, that's super sick. That's super smart, man. Um, I feel like I've done, I've only done like one like DIY tour, but I didn't do anything like that. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, I, I didn't do well at that job. I didn't like it very much. Really? And I wasn't the best at it. Mm. So I ended up leaving after about six months. Yeah. Did yeah. you, did you have to do like direct stuff? Like where if he was like flipping out, were you the one to come and be like, Porter, relax, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> that, okay. that wouldn't have been my job. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's more ad- administrative stuff. Uh, yeah, a lot of administrative stuff. I mean, 
Honestly, at this point in time, I kind of think day-to-day management is closer to a better term might be assistant manager. But I mean, realistically, it is. I was in charge of the day-to-day operations, but that's so that the like quote-unquote real managers could take care of Mm -hmm. the big picture stuff. Yeah. So how did you get? So you started playing bass. You were playing bass in bands in high school. Yeah. Was that like your thing? You were like, oh, I'm just playing bass. Yeah, that was uh, no. I, like, I wanted to be an artist. I yeah was in bands. I was primarily in pop punk and emo bands. Yeah. In high school, I was in a dope pop punk band that you or, know we or, had fans and stuff. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. What um, were the names of these bands? Uh, this band was called A Seasonal Effect. Heck yeah. I still get notifications from the Facebook page every yeah. now and then. Uh, Hell and yeah. then coming out of high school and going into college, I was in this emo band. Uh, they were called Contact. I believe that Facebook page has disappeared. Mm. And we uh, recorded a record that never got finished because oh. of like the band fell apart. Tragic. And that was a band that was like talking to labels and stuff. Yeah. And that was like really. Where I was like considering uh, taking time off of college for touring Whoa. and like getting really serious about it. But yeah. that all fell apart. And at that point, I realized like okay. I don't think I'm the kind of guy that's going to drop out of college, which is hilarious because I dropped out of college twice after that <laughs> for not band-related reasons. But at the time, yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm the guy that's going to drop out of college. Yeah. So Were I, people coming to shows and shit? Uh, that band didn't do shows. We were just really well-connected. Okay. Yeah, we recorded music and put it out, and we were... Uh, Did it do well? It, it definitely had listeners, but it was a lot of like... In Excuse the scene me. listeners. Right, of course. So it was like a lot of other bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's really cool. But because, yeah, like without playing shows, how do you, how do you get like normal fans? <laughs> Dude, no matter. Like how do you get normal fans? How do you get In fans? General, Just yeah. fucking question mark. <laughs> That's the quest, right? That's why I wake up every day Actually, asking that question. That's kind of how I found you is uh, I was hanging out with Alex Rosenblum and mm. he said... Uh, Hey, there's something going on at Tommy's place. Let's go to that. And mm. you were playing. Oh, really? It was just you and your electric guitar. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And that was the first time I had ever seen you. Mm. And then shortly after, I heard that you were going to be playing bass in Dale. Which, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> you're wearing a Dale t-shirt. Yeah, that was fun, man. I played a few gigs with Dale. Yeah. That was a goddamn blast. Yeah, so, rest in peace. <laughs> so that, I guess that's one way of getting fans is have Alex Rosenblum take them to your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, just a one by one. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to come back from New York to get just back shoot. on his <laughs> just Mac and fan acquirement. Yeah. Um that's super dope, man. Okay, so you went so you were playing bass. Yeah, but basically When did you so you came to school for music industry? I came to school for music industry. I had interned at a record label called uh, Sergeant House when I was in high school. Okay. Um they were like heavily involved with the Omar Rodriguez Lopez stuff. Like the, he's the singer of the Mars, or not the singer, the mastermind of the Mars Volta. Oh, um, that's awesome. And there were like a lot of other cool bands. RX Bandits was my favorite band. Right. Um, they're they're from Orange County. I don't know. Oh, if you've really? Heard of them? Yeah, I haven't. They but started out as a ska band, so out of that scene, Classic. but they <laughs> they progressed very into Orange like County. a very awesome progressive rock band. Oh, uh, cool. But anyway, awesome. um, so I thought I was going to be a manager on top of that or an mm-hmm. A&R because my cousin is in A&R at RCA. Yeah. And that was kind of 
you know, that started when I was in maybe middle school. He got mm-hmm. that job. And so to me, like being in the music business was an right. option for a career from a very early age. But you always knew like music something. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's always what I wanted. Yeah. Um, when did that, when did you know that? Or was it just always? I think I was like 12. Yeah. I think I started playing guitar when I was 10 and I started like actually being able to play guitar when I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, uh, this is the thing for me. And then like, I was always kind of the guy that cycled through things, but guitar yeah. was a thing that I never really threw away. Yeah. So, uh-huh. what, um, what bands were you listening to? Uh, like 10, 12 that made you want to pick up a guitar? Oh, shit. Um, my brother gave me his MP3 player when I was 10 years old. And, uh, you know, was back it a, when. Was MP3, it a straight MP3 player? Like not uh, an it, iPod? Oh, no, pre iPod. Oh! <laughs> These MP3 players held like. 30 songs. Uh, they were gigantic. And the very first song on that player, like, I turned it on. Number one was Damn It by Blink-182. Yeah! And I had never heard, like, guitar-based music like that, really. My mm-hmm. parents don't really listen to, to music. We didn't have speakers in our house for, like, mm-hmm. they listened to talk radio. Right. Um, before that, I had only ever heard NSYNC, whom I love. They're yeah. still my favorite band. Like NSYNC, Britney Spears. I'm seeing Britney Spears on Friday. Really? <laughs> yeah. What? She's playing shows? She's uh, She's got a residency in Vegas. Whoa. Vegas. Oh, that's right. I heard that. Hell yeah. Um, so I still love those bands, but I had never heard guitar-based music, and I had never heard, like, emotional music, music that, like, spoke to me at, at an emotional level because... Mm-hmm. You know, all those people I just talked about, they had songs written by Swedish people that, like, kind of knew what they were saying. Right, right. Um, but Blink-182, you know, often described as being very suburban. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the, you know, the voice of adolescence hit me in, like, a really serious place. Yeah. And I was, like, hooked. So that kind of was my introduction to the pop punk emo thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's righteous, man. And uh, that's pretty much what I listened to, like, all throughout middle school. High school was pop punk, metal, and emo. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I went through, like, an Avenged Sevenfold phase. Right. Uh, and, like, an all-time low phase. Mm. Huge into Owl City, randomly. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just think that guy's awesome. Like, he yeah. has the most unique-sounding music I don't care what anyone says. I don't think it sounds like the Postal Service. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was like such a big Postal Service fan that when Al City came out, I was like, dumb. <laughs> I didn't even listen to it. I'm sure yeah. it's great. I should go back and check it out. Um, I do love the Postal Service. <sighs> the uh, I saw them at Coachella a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope my, my mom never listens to it. <laughs> if, if any of my family is listening, please stop now. This um, is all an allegory. But, uh, I saw them at Coachella, and I was mm-hmm. out of my mind on Molly. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the most profound experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah. I saw them that year at uh, at the Greek. Um, oh, awesome. Which is really cool because uh, Sun Kill Moon um, mm-hmm. on the album Benji, yeah. the last song, Ben is My Friend, he talks about going to that reunion show at the Greek. Oh, and I was at that show. Awesome. And then I listened to that Sun Kill Moon album. I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I went. Um, wait, tell me about your experience and I'll tell you about mine. Oh, I mean, that that Coachella was kind of a wreck. Yeah. Um, Who else was playing that year? New Order uh, right. comes to mind. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was headlining. Oh, heck yeah. Um, but I blacked out for a lot of that Coachella. <laughs> it was a really bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar bad I Coachella also lost experience. my cell phone. <laughs> oh, trash. Um, 
Yeah. But the Postal Service show was a good time? Yeah, the Postal Service show, uh, I remember very vividly. Uh, oh, Phoenix and R. Kelly were that year. Mm. I don't remember that tiny bit at all. Uh, but yeah. uh, I just remember like Ben Gibbard and Jenny Lewis doing like a little kind of uh. dancing tango uh. thing. Uh. And it was just one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. Yeah. And they sounded awesome. Yeah. And also just those songs are like for songs that are so, so, so sad. Yeah. They are. They make me so happy. That's the best way to put it, man. I was yeah. telling you earlier about my hardcore World of Warcraft phase. Yeah. That was also when I first got into music, and the first album that I ever got into, thanks to my cousin Chris, was uh-huh. The Postal Service. You know, So yeah. I have so many memories of like so running around as a night elf, trying to slay <laughs> murlocs and dragons and whatnot with those songs playing in the background. Speaking of The Postal Service, have you heard their, their uh, cover of Against All Odds? Yes. I love that so Incredible. Much. Especially because the first time I heard that song, I didn't give it a fair chance because I only listened to the beginning and yeah. I kind of didn't get the whole like really whispered, quiet vocals. Yeah. And then, and I never even got to the when the real, when the full song yeah. comes in. <laughs> but now I love the super whispered, quiet yeah, vocals. Totally. It's just so, it's just the way that like the, those like guitar rhythms are like, jun, jun, jun. yeah. It's just so random. And you're like, wait, that's fucking awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, I was at this business leadership camp when I was like fucking 16 or so. Something my college counselor was like, you got to come to this camp. And I was like, <laughs> okay. He's like, give me a bunch of money and you come to my camp. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like, you got to do some important resumes. And I was like, okay. And I went and it was fucking horrible. <laughs> there were some cool kids there, but it was just like, it was just a scam, dude. Like they were. Yeah. I mean, it was held at UCLA, but it was like clearly just like so thrown together. And this guy was just like trying to make yeah. all these inspirational. But like they also talks. have guitar camps at UCLA. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So it was. Just, oh God, it was terrible. And then we were like trying to plan this event or something, and there were like these business people coming and like giving us like talks, and it was just like all so random. Um, and I just fucking hated it. <laughs> and then I found out that Postal Service was playing a show at the Greek, and I was like dude, I could totally go to that show. And so you had to like give him your car keys when you like checked into the camp. So I like bought a ticket on my cell phone, just myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like snuck into the front office. I like stole my keys back, <laughs> like got in my car. I drove to the Greek, had a fake ID at the time, bought a beer, bought a grilled cheese sandwich. And it was just fucking me and just like a sea. It was mostly Asian people <laughs> just watching the postal service. And it was just, it was the greatest night of my life. <laughs> dude, that, that's an incredible story. Cause it's yeah. Like, the escape. And yes. Like, yeah. Well, and it was this pivotal moment of like, am I going to live the rest of my life doing what I think I should be doing for other people? Or like, am I going to do what I want to do? Cause like, I love music more than anything. And Postal Service, like when I, when I first heard Sleeping In, I was like, I want to write songs. Dude, that's my favorite <laughs> Postal Service song. Yeah, man. Oh, it was just such a great night. And they ended with a uh, brand new colony. And it's just like, everything will yeah. change. And like that. And then the crowd was just singing that like after they walked off stage. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Wait. So what was your first concert? My first concert was Iron Maiden at the that Forum. Is- <laughs> okay. No, I have also seen Iron Maiden, but I saw them at, uh, at the uh, 
Verizon, uh, or I think it was Verizon, Verizon Amphitheater. Amphitheater yeah, yeah, Irvine, that's yes. what I meant to say. Yes. Oh, oh that was my dude, first concert. Was that that must have been two thousand like seven, six, seven? Yeah, yeah, that was my yeah. first concert. <laughs> I was at that for sure. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I was a big Steve Harris fan. Like he's kind of who I was like oh, super yeah. into when I first started playing bass guitar. Yeah, right um, on. He plays flat wound strings, which is crazy. It is. I think, <laughs> it, I think it's just that he hits them so hard, so hard, and they bounce against the fret so hard, and yeah. that is all. All the sound. Yeah. I, um, like, I get it, and I get that that works mm-hmm. for him, but I always had, like, a twinge of, like, judgy, knee-jerk, like, smirking whenever I would meet a metal bassist. Yeah. That's like, yeah, I think I'm going to try a flat wound, and I was like, that's not going to get, <laughs> that's not going to be better. <laughs> it's going to, you're going to sound like you're playing really fast dub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true, man. Dude, my thing, like, fucking... I like Maiden, but like I'm just not that big of a Bruce Dickinson fan, and I was like a bigger fan of Paul Diano, who was the singer on the first two records. Oh, I didn't know that. I only yeah. knew Bruce Dickinson. There's a, they're the first two records are like a little more punk and like a little less epic in their kind of like Bruce Dickinson is like a little like yeah, he's like operatic, op- a little operatic, and like yeah. the subject matter of the songwriting is like a little like. Egypt <laughs> and space, <laughs> you know, and the yeah. first two records, like I also, that's like what I fell in love with. Um, uh-huh. but anyways, I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a while, so I don't know if I'm see for me. It. Iron Maiden was always, it was all cause I, I, I learned about them when I was learning guitar. Yeah. And so as with like pretty much all metal stuff for me, I barely listened to the lyrics. Yeah. But Iron Maiden was just all about the riffs, the yeah, yeah. That oh fuck yeah, dude! I loved that show. What was your first show? Um, I mean, I uh, my first show might have been like Mandy Moore at the House of Blues, but my first like real show, yeah, that because I, I went with my brother to to stuff like that. Oh no, wait, oh, I did go to In Sync at the like Oakland Arena, but. Mm. Um, but my first like real show that like I like found out about that wasn't like my mom like bringing me to something that I mean right. granted she knew I would like but it right. was uh the Aquabats when I was eleven or twelve years old yeah and that was super sick that's awesome man and I was like at the very front of the stage and like I think yeah. that was uh, that that was like a pretty pivotal moment I still have that ticket stub you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude that's rad as fuck man. So when did you, okay, so you're like A&R, who knows? Yeah. And then when did you start doing audio engineering? Well, I, I guess I started audio engineering a little before that. Yeah. But I'm going to grab another beer real quick. Yeah. Wait, it's right here. Um, Sorry. I guess I started it a little before that. I started it the, uh, essentially the, the summer after my sophomore year. I had like a really bad breakup and uh, yeah. I- Sophomore year of- College? College, yeah. Mm. And I threw myself into just learning how to be an audio engineer. Yeah. Um, what was the, um, how long had you guys been dating? Not that long, uh-huh. like five months. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also the worst person at holding down a relationship. So that's pretty yeah. long for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. What, if you don't mind me asking, what made it uh, especially rough? Uh, I'm trying to think if anybody is listening to this that knows her, but... Uh, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. Wanna, I'm not trying to badmouth anybody for sure. Uh, but... Uh, so... Mm. At Coachella. 
Oh, <laughs> at that Coachella? Uh, no, the second week. Okay. Uh, and I went the first week. So. Okay, so you had your pure Postal Service time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, That's rough, man. Yeah, so that that was pretty rough. Had you had like significant relationships before that? I had had one, and that was with uh, a girl that I'm still like very close with. Mm-hmm. Our families are really close, so right. like, right. Uh, and we <clears throat> stopped seeing each other because uh, she went to college and I was going to go study abroad. Right. So, um, like, and you know that yeah wasn't going to happen anyway so there right. wasn't any bad blood ever mm. um did you guys have a hard just for me I'm, i have a hard time i feel like a lot of the people that i've been very intimate with it's like very difficult for me to be friends with them afterwards and i feel like i try to force it and it doesn't work um well we we had been best friends for like two years before you started dating yeah oh, okay so interesting it wasn't that Right, so you had a foundation to fall back on. I think that there were like a few periods of times where I really wanted the relationship to happen again. Yeah. And I like was trying to make that happen and she, well, she wasn't trying to make it happen. Right. But at times that was something that she was like into and at times she wasn't. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, there there were rough patches, but like, I don't know. Uh, Now we see each other a few times a year and it's great. Really? Yeah. That's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, I mean, like, we were, like, very close friends. We yeah. drove to school together every day because we lived very close. Oh, to yeah. Um, Hell yeah. So, it, the and like like I said, there was never any bad blood, so there was right. no reason to throw anything away. That is gorgeous, man. Because, like, yeah. sometimes I wonder if it's a lost cause, like, trying to put effort into it. Like, if I'm just, I don't know. Because there have been certain times where I've been trying to make a friendship happen where it's, like, it's not healthy yet. You yeah. know, it's like we need some space, you know? For me, it's always been whether or not I was friends with the person before. And I do have that fault right. of, like, dating my friends. Yeah. Uh, Is it a fault? I don't know if I've ever dated someone that I've been friends with for a while. I think I, it's always been pretty immediate. I think it's a fault just because of that traditional, like, but I don't want to ruin what we have. Right. I'm sure there's um, a lot of fear there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... So I, I do have that issue. Right. But because of that, I've never ruined well, no, okay, that's not true. I've probably ruined what we had, but I've never completely <laughs> ruined the relationship. Right. Like, but it's the <sighs> friendship has always yeah. stayed. The the girls that I don't to, talk to after I started dating are always the ones that I didn't talk to before we were dating. Mm. So Yeah. Yeah. Dang man, well, let's This hits home a lot with me right now, like, because it's hard. Because if you're having feelings someone with you, if you're having feelings for someone that you've been friends with for a while, it's like, uh, do you just stomach them? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, when is it? Uh, when do you roll the dice and put yourself out um, there? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, know? I'm not a great communicator, so I, I try yeah. to be really like straightforward about that kind of thing. I try to be like that sounds like you're about a, it. a great communicator. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean I, I yeah. guess, but it's more like I I have trouble right communicating with people like communicating my ideas. Right. So I have to make an active effort to make them really clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that's dope. And so like I also try to be really honest because of that yeah. because I don't want people to be guessing about what I'm trying to say because I'm 90% sure that they'll be wrong. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that I 
force myself to be a good communicator because right. I am not naturally, I don't know, effort counts. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm a good communicator. I think you're in a good spot, man. I mean, I feel like honesty and directness are like always dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely. I, so, but like, I, I have never like liked someone and then become their friend to try to date them. Right. But I have like developed feelings for people and I usually just tell them at some point. I am often drunk when I do that, but, <laughs> but yeah, like, man. I'm often drunk in general, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I, I try not to tell my, to fault myself too much for like honesty and sharing, but I guess, I don't know. Lately, I've just been thinking a lot about like mm, timing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, timing is definitely important. And I mean, I, you know, in some situations, I feel like timing can almost be a form of dishonesty because it's like, mm. oh, yeah, like I'll mention that. But, you know, not now. Right. Very true. But sometimes it feels I'm guilty like, of that for sure. Yeah. Just yeah. I'm a person that's like fucking over honest all the time. It's like a weird thing I'm addicted to. It's just like, here's all the crazy thoughts in my head. But <laughs> and like, that's cool and whatever. But I feel like sometimes it can be for me. I feel like sometimes it can be selfish, you know? Um, like, I'm not sure what the intention is behind my telling this person of this truth, but I just sort of like use it as a default, like, I don't know what to do. So like, you can't be mad at me if I just tell you the truth, (laughs) you know, like, um, and it's more just like to make me feel like better than to really tell the person something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I think that that's, that it it could totally be that, but I don't think that that's, Maybe I'm just uh, of all it. of all the ways to like <laughs> self soothe, <laughs> honesty is hardly the worst. <laughs> well said, man. That makes me feel a lot better um, about myself. I know for me, it's that I feel like it. The more, because like I said, I, I feel like I'm frequently like misunderstood. Like nobody yeah. understands me, uh, dude. I feel you. As as whiny as it sounds, I feel like that's one of the defining. Uh, just feelings that I've had in this life. Yeah. And I feel like I'm frequently misunderstood Mm. and I feel like the more that I tell people and am like, yeah, not just honest, but am am like kind of ahead of the punch on, uh, the easier it is for me and the longer I have to explain why they shouldn't be scared. (laughs) Right. That's so true. Damn. Um, That's profound. Are you close with your family? No, no. Well, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I, I have two brothers and two pa- parents. Yeah. Uh, are you where are you in the age lineup? I am the youngest. Yeah, me too. I, um, I have two older sisters. I am. Uh, I'm kind of close with one of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely like hang out, and yeah. uh, we have the same interests, and he's. Uh, he thinks exactly the same as me, except he's uh, quite a bit smarter than me. Right. Um, but, like, he's kind of the only person that I'm like, yeah, he knows what I mean. Right. Like, with 100% certainty. Oh, hell yeah. So you do, there are people that you're like, you understand, man. Uh, a handful, not a ton. Right. Um, <clears throat> my mom, uh, I, is my mom. We don't, like, we fight a lot, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, she's my mom. Yeah. Uh, and my dad and I get along splendidly, but yeah. both of my parents, it's always very much been like they're even my dad, who I, I would say I'm, I'm close with. Like, I'm not yeah. generally afraid to 
tell my dad when I'm having issues. Um, Excuse me. But it's always very much been like, they are my parents. They're not my friends. Right. And I think that that is their goal as well. Like they, right. uh, so, uh, but mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't say that my family is super close. Like, uh, starting in high school, my mom worked out of town. So like, mm-hmm. uh, that early I, you know, uh, we like stopped having family dinners at that point, which right. wasn't like not super broke up about, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, didn't spend that much time together and we were all fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just pretty independent. I got to do all the grocery shopping, figured out that yeah. you can buy a cheesecake whenever you want. <laughs> Doesn't have to be your birthday. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of this one Dimitri Martin joke where he's uh, talking about. Um, he's like, I found out when I was an adult that you can just buy trophies at any time, <laughs> and he's like, now I'm fucking good at everything. <laughs> Doesn't he also have the one that's like? Uh, uh, you know, you could get them to write whatever you want on the cake. <laughs> like, happy fifth and final birthday. <laughs> oh, he pro- probably. I haven't heard that one, but that sounds like a type of joke. <laughs> were, you, were you here when he uh, no. came to USC? Nope. I'm fucking pissed. He's like he my favorite bombed. comedian. Well, no, he didn't bomb. That's what I heard. He I heard he was like, he I heard he was pissed off afterwards. Yeah, but here's the thing. is like. Dimitri Martin isn't like a laugh out loud kind of comedian. Yeah. He's like a like chuckle to yourself and be like, damn, he's smart. Comedian. Yeah. Yeah. But and he's one of my favorite comedians. Yeah. And everyone there was there because they fucking love Dimitri Martin. Yeah. But he I mean, he must have had something else going on, I think, because right. he did not feel that he was doing well. And like I was walking back and saw him walking back and saw like a few people come up to him asking for autographs mm. and he did it. But like. He was not stoked. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Especially because I feel like I've never, the the stuff he puts out into the world is like so kind and calm, <laughs> you know? So yeah. just to imagine him angry is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just, I kind of imagine all uh, comedians, comedians like <laughs> holding back their anger <laughs> at all times. This Man, is true. That's like, if... If music wasn't my thing, I i mean, I still really want to do comedy. That's yeah. like a total dream of mine. <sighs> Me too, man. Been working on a stand-up routine for like years now. Yes! <laughs> I did stand-up at a party the other day. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember, because I listened to this podcast, I remember you talking <laughs> about doing it at, at the open mic when you were younger. Yeah! <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Because the only other people there were, like, other people doing open mics. As with all open mics. Yeah, so it was pretty atrocious. Um, and I was really nervous, and I was just saying fuck every other word, and, like, my bits were, like, pretty half-formed. <laughs> but it's, like... Yeah, I feel that. I have that dream as well. Yeah. And like, I did improv in high school. And like, you do. Yeah, you did. I learned so much from improv, like yeah. about life. Just yeah, improv about is beautiful. Accepting things and rolling with things. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, I read books about improv because I was really into it. That's so sick. And did I you read like Del Close books and shit. Uh, fuck, I forgot what they were called. The, my favorite one, it was called Impro. Mm. But there was specifically a chapter on status. And what it was trying to teach you was how to immediately establish uh, status in a scene. Right. By, like, you know, 
who established like who's the father, who's the child, or who's the boss, who's the employee, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I and it was trying to teach that like about acting, but I ended up learning shit about like life through that. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. I mean, it's presence, it's forgiveness, it's yeah. fucking like <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah, man, I have some really, f- and I feel like with a lot of the things, especially because, I mean, there's some quote that's like every rock star wants to be a comedian and every comedian wants to be a rock star. Oh, definitely every comedian <laughs> wants to be a rock star. Yeah. I remember um, Dane Cook's like Comedy Central special. Yeah. He had a like a, a back line on stage. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The one where he's just like yelling and has no sleeves. His first one. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, no, I feel you. And I, cause I like, I try to put like funny fucking Snapchat stories up or whatever. And I'm like, I feel like I don't I'm, follow you on Snapchat. Okay. We'll get to that after. No need to. I fucking love Snapchat. I could talk about Snapchat for ages, but I still have a lot of things I want to ask you about that. I feel like we have a lot of irons in the fire, which, oh, is, yeah. dope, which is always the goal. Um, but I feel like so much of my energy goes towards making people laugh in my life, you know? Definitely. And like I, so many of my heroes, I wouldn't say more than half, but like when I list like the people who I look up to, who like artists that I'm like, I want to be like, and I want to have lives like a lot of them are musicians, but a lot of them are comedians, Yeah. (laughs) you know? And I think of like, I don't know, songwriting as like, okay, I'm just kind of getting my ideas across to people. I also love music so much, but like. Do I maybe just love the like connecting with people more and and getting the ideas across? Because in that way, like all forms of writing kind of appeal to me, you Mm -hmm. know, obviously certain more than others. Like I can't write a fucking academic essay for shit. (laughs) I've always struggled with that. But I like, like, you know, like making speeches and like, I'm like, and everything kind of like scratches a different itch and gets a different thing across. And like, so lately when I've been having ideas, I'm like, that's a song for sure. And I'm like, oh, that's maybe like a bit. That's maybe like a stand-up (laughs) bit, you know? And obviously it's fun to like push the envelope with each and like, oh, this is a bit, but I'm going to make it a song. And this is a song, I'm going to make it a bit or whatever. But I fucking aspire to do lots of stand-up. But I found out that, like, John Mayer apparently does stand-up. I mean, John Mayer's fucking from hilarious time to time. everything. So. <laughs> I did not know this about him. Have, have you seen his uh, his video, his, like, comedy sketch with Kanye? With no. him in the studio? Okay, I'll show that mm. to you later. Yeah, I gotta but see it. That's uh, really funny. Yeah. Um, there are just tons of these, like, crossover figures, like... Yeah. Reggie Watts or, like... Oh, yeah. Even Ben Folds is fucking hilarious, you know? He does a... Like and a ton of comedic, and he like has such a sense of humor about his music. Yeah, or uh, fucking, I don't know. There's just, or Dimitri Martin has also, a ton of musical shit. You know? Yeah. Although I'm kind of le- except for like Bo Burnham, I'm kind of less into the right. uh, comedians doing songs thing. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Like Dimitri Martin's are cool because he's really just kind of like generating some interesting background behind him doing one liners. Yes. Exactly. Um, but I mean, like, Reg- like Reggie Watts isn't like doing like oh, comedic no. songs. Like he's a musician Reggie and also Watts a comedian. Is, you know, yeah, he's next level. Have he you seen his TED level. Talk? No, but I've heard about his it's, TED Talk. He <laughs> changes <laughs> accents and languages, and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Have you seen his special uh, "Why Shit So Crazy" on Netflix? No, not on. I, I would haven't seen his Netflix fucking. Special. He has two, and Your this is falling over. I know. I got my foot all over it. Um, I'm gonna pull some audio yeah. engineer shit. Do it, man. Thank you, bro. That. Ooh. Oh, well, thank you. And he's making the mic stand good. Fuck yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. I'm uh, a hack, you're a pro. <laughs> um, yeah, he just has a Netflix special called Why Shit So Crazy. And he does a lot of that accent stuff. And he's, it's just, yeah, he's a genius. Woo! 
He's too good. He's too good for this universe, man. <laughs> but like Mike Birbiglia went through a phase where he was mm. doing some guitar stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like some of it was funny, but a lot of it was yeah. just like, man, you're you're a storyteller. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. Have you seen Don't Think Twice? No, not yet. Is it it's good? Fucking amazing. Fuck. Mike Birbiglia, improv movie. And my favorite thing about, about him is both of my parents love him. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. That's so sick. Like, whenever he's on, like, a late night show, they'll, like, tape it and text me, like, hey, Mike Birbiglia was on. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome as fuck, man. I remember him talking at one point, like, why he, like, tries to not swear as much or do too much dirty material. It's because he wants his show to be for everybody. Yeah. So that's, like, case in point. Yeah, because, like, I don't think, no, my dad kind of, my dad really likes the excerpts I've shown him of Louie. But, like, my mom would not handle Louie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, how did we start talking about improv? Oh, that's like, yeah. Uh, We were talking about audio engineering, then we got to relationships, and then we got to Iron Maiden, and then we got to improv. uh, Oh, okay. So relationships came because that's why I started audio engineering. Right, of course. Because of shitty relationships. I want to get there for sure, but then relationships, we were talking about some, oh, feeling misunderstood, we were talking about family. Yeah. And then how did fucking comedy come up? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyways, something that I'm trying to figure out in myself right now is like this feeling of being misunderstood, like where it comes from, you know? Cause I feel like a lot of therapy work or whatever, like work on yourself has to do with just moving forward, you know? Mm-hmm. But also I feel like it's helpful to understand the root of things, you know? Um, I don't know. Do you have any theories on where this like sense of I don't belong comes from? <laughs> I, I mean, I've always yeah felt I've I've I was very like not good socially until yeah. I was like ten, and I was still not very good socially until I was like seventeen. But like at ten, I started being like really like able to talk to other people Mm -hmm. and then at 17 i started being able to like empathize with other people (laughs) (laughs) you know that normal emotional development (laughs) (laughs) but um uh uh, yeah so like i I always kind of had trouble communicating with with people yeah um and like i actually even remember my mom like mentioning it like very quietly to my brother i think he he had been like beating me up or something and Mm -hmm. she was saying like like the teachers already said that andy has like too much trouble like empathizing with other students like (laughs) this isn't helping (laughs) right right um so i don't know i i at this point i think a lot of it is i am better understood than i think but it's fear that i'm not understood yes because i remember i remember very clearly like nobody understanding me yes and even now when i'm surrounded by loved ones all the time and i know that you know they all like me <laughs> i am still like not 100 percent sure i was like that's the story of my life yeah. man <laughs> fucking retweet you know like i'll tell stories about high school or middle school and i'll be like yeah it's like pretty alone you know and people will be like what <laughs> like other people that were there will objectively tell me like no you were like you were like liked and stuff and like people <laughs> knew you and cared about you <laughs> you know like what are you talking about and it's so different the like external experience versus the internal experience you know um just yeah. like feeling <laughs> alone versus being alone <laughs> you know and it's yeah. like it's weird because 
I'm lucky enough to right now be around people that like me and care about me, but it's like so hard. That's why I have all those fucking sticky notes <laughs> on my mirror, you know, trying to get through to myself. And it's like, Hey, I'm not <laughs> a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyways, man. So you're in this breakup and you're like, I'm going to start yeah. using and pro then, tools. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, that was a simultaneously awesome and terrible time of my life. Mm. Um, I, uh, I was, uh, I had just been sober for like six months. Yeah. Um, what sparked that out of curiosity? Uh, being very not sober and having to drop out of school (laughs) for how not sober I was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I have a lot of family members in recovery and AA and shit. Yeah. I go to meetings all the time. I mean, I, uh. I so my problem has never been with like addiction. I mean, I guess I say that I'm a drug addict, but uh it's it was never really with the addiction component of it. It was yeah. very much uh self-medication. Yeah. So, uh and uh like I'm very happily like in a place where I feel like I'm in control of that now. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. have been for a little while. That's awesome. But um but yeah, so I, I went a little overboard with partying uh, sophomore yeah. year, mm-hmm. and so I decided to I, I went like completely sober, and then That's I um, and then like Coachella that year, that was like my return to yeah to like partying, I guess. But also like you know, I was choosing like very deliberately to do like Molly, which is supposed to be like a you know, it's it's uh, not quite like you know, pounding a bunch of brewskis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Very little, tiny bit more profound. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and there's the, the, it is intention with all that stuff. Yeah, for me, because like you and I sitting here having a couple beers, like connecting, yeah. super dope. You know what I'm saying? But like me coming home and like trying to numb the pain of the universe yeah. <laughs> is different. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. No, it, it was exactly that. <laughs> um, and like, I still wasn't drinking. I think I went. I ended up going like uh, a year without drinking. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, uh, that summer, uh, it was like really great and really awful. Cause I was like depressed and moping the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but I was, uh, I also met, uh, the people that like became some of my best friends. Like right. that was shortly after I met Reese Finley. Yeah. That was, uh, that was when I met, uh, Riley Knapp, Carrie Singer. Yeah. Um, it was when I got really close with my friend uh, Blade. Yeah. And uh, so we had this uh, crazy summer where my mentor, he was out of the country for most of the summer. And so he gave me full run of the studio, the one mm. that he went to. Mm-hmm. And that was how I learned how to audio engineer. I just did a bunch of projects out of there. Yeah. Out of purple? And, um, no, 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 not out of, purple, oh, out oh, of, out of the fucking yeah, one, out of the one oh, in Hollywood. That one's sick as fuck. And I did a bunch of projects out of there and I met, was hanging out with all these other creative people. Yeah. I was, uh, doing day to day managing for a girl group at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was doing all of the, uh, cover songs and acoustic sets of this girl group. Yeah. And, uh, I really fell in love with it because it was the intersection of, artistry and uh like being a scientist that i had been looking for because totally both of my parents are doctors yeah my brother was a physicist uh now he's a doctor Mm -hmm. my other brother uh 
majored in biology, but he's a lawyer. Right. And uh, I was the artist, but a big part of me wanted to be like a uh, an electrical engineer or a biomedical engineer or a totally. doctor. I came here with a double major in biology. Really? Yeah, which my parents convinced me to drop because mm. they were just like, you don't want to go to med school. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know you. Uh, right. But uh, that, that part of your brain that thinks in systems. And but yeah, like but that. like I have kind of a scientist-y brain. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I can... You know, this is the perfect marriage of the two. Yeah, yeah. I can think about like numbers and Signal like equations flow. and yeah. art and yeah, that's fantastic. So it just ended up being awesome, and that really became my life. Like, yeah. and even now, like most of what I read about is audio engineering. Most of what I think about is microphones and mm-hmm. you know equalization. <laughs> yeah. um, I have gotten better. There was a time when, like, that was all I would talk about. Right. And that was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. But I feel you, man. it, I don't know. It was the, more than anything that had ever happened before. It was like the thing that just kind of clicked into place. Mm. Like, the, the last time I had something even close was uh, when I, like, started to really understand playing guitar. Right. Like when I, when I was first started being able to like hold down a bar chord. It was yeah. like the last time that something had clicked into place so much. Yeah. And it's so exciting when you're falling in love with something and then you learn how to do like a new thing and you're like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, um, is this, so is this, is, what do you, what do you, I, I don't want to say, where do you see yourself for 10 years? But like, what's the dream, man? Well, okay. So I am, uh, I'm pretty confident in my abilities as an audio engineer. I won't say that I'm not confident in my abilities as a producer, yeah. but I am certainly less practiced you killed in being the, a producer. The mixing on my record, man. I really, oh, thank I really you. fucking loved it. I, I'm really proud of uh, that record. I, I use that when I'm pitching myself to other people. Really? Yeah. Also, fucking the way that you, I mean, we used four mics on the drums and you fucking made it sound badass. <laughs> <laughs> so that was sick. Because <laughs> um, that was a bedroom album that you made not sound like a bedroom album. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, I mean, it helps that Pacino knows what he's doing. Yeah. 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 But um, I'm super proud of that album. Uh, right after that album, I did another bedroom album that was not so easy. Mm. Um, but I, uh, you know, I haven't spent the last four years trying to be a better producer. I've spent the last four years trying to be a better audio engineer. Um, I'm spending right now trying to be a better producer and, uh, and songwriter. And in 10 years, I definitely see myself still engineering because I yeah. still really like engineering, but I also see myself like writing and producing a decent amount. Yeah. Um, that's what's so fun about like this little world though, is that you get to do a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know? So for eccentric bored people like me, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to play bass anymore. I want to go on Ableton. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or for engineers like me and, or producing a song, I was producing a song a little bit ago and uh, I was like, hey, I don't have to bring in a basis. I can lay this down myself. Yeah! <laughs> exactly, man. Um, Which, like, mad respect for people that are like, I practice four hours a day and that is what I do. That's super <laughs> sick and I can never do that. Um, but it's also like, dang, like, you got the one thing going, you know? Yeah. Like, it's kind of fun to be able to kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the... 
I guess, well, I guess the only people that I see that at this point are still practicing that much are like the people that are just so good. My friend Tomomi comes to mind. She's a, mm. she's a concert pianist. I think she, she's a DMA student here. Wow. Um, but, uh, she, we did undergrad together and high school together. Yeah. Uh, but like all she does is practice. When right. she was undergrad, she lived in Gateway. Now she has her grand piano in her fucking apartment. Whoa. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. And all she does is practice. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Like yeah. that's, that truly blows me away. And that, that lights up that dedication. And like, I love listening to those artists like yeah. do their thing. It's like absolutely incredible. But yeah. like. I mean, I don't, there'll be weeks where I don't pick up, a, you know, mm-hmm. not, maybe not weeks, but there'll be like, oh, I haven't played bass in like a week. And there's also like <laughs> a difference between playing and practicing. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I will, I will jam on a guitar and play like a Julian Baker song. Like, yes! <laughs> like, I love JV. <laughs> oh, she's my, my absolutely fa- favorite artist. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh man. A hundred percent. She's amazing. I saw her at the El Ray. I was summer. there. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, I so love that the two shows we both been in are <laughs> Iron Maiden and <laughs> Julian Baker. That's so sick. <laughs> I saw so many people I knew at that show. I yeah. saw like friends I hadn't seen in years at that show, like yeah. old co-workers. Oh, shit. It was that that show. There was like a lot of really special people there because she is a very special artist. Very true. That was the most amazing audience I'd ever seen because like everyone was so rowdy and psyched like in between songs and so supportive, but not annoying, like with sing- like not singing along too much like yeah. that you see at certain shows. And then like when she would start, it would just get dead silent. But then and then also partly just because of the nature of her music yeah. that it's so like simple. It's just electric guitar and vocals, sometimes acoustic guitar. That was the best live performance I've ever seen because it <laughs> sounded like the yeah. album. <laughs> Yeah. Because the album sounds like a live performance, yeah. but it was better because it was so much more fucking intense. Yeah. And she's just such an incredible... And she's such a precision singer. <sighs> and she just sings with such emotion that it's like... So much. She's so in it, you know? Um, yeah. And then I saw her here. I saw her up at Outside Lands uh, later that summer, and it was just like... She's just... I'm just so excited that she exists. How did you I, like Outside Lands? Wait, for, first of all... How freezing fucking cold did you get the first night on Outside Lands that you weren't prepared for? I was, I wasn't that cold. I was, oh, I was really? pretty prepared. Yeah, I dressed, I dressed. Well. It was also wasn't that cold. I didn't um, have a jacket my first night of Outside oh. Lands uh, several years ago. That sucks. And uh, like the early the next morning, we went to the Haight Ashbury uh, yeah. Goodwill to get like <laughs> yeah. really big jackets. That was. Maybe the coldest I've ever been. Really? Well, cause, like, because I wasn't prepared. Right. So yeah. being in that surprisingly cold weather with no jacket, like, mm-hmm. wasn't ready for that. Dude, it was pretty fucking warm. Like, I really only think that I had a sweatshirt and I was fine. Oh, wow. Okay, um, my experience is so different. Really? San Francisco in the summer gets so cold. Really? Yeah. See, I don't, I don't remember being all that cold. Um, but I had a great time because, like, I did go to Coachella one year, I think, like, t- 2012 when Radiohead played. Uh-huh. Um, it's so much less stressful than Coachella. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I mean, I also like drank too much one day, but like it was, it was just more about, there was clearly like a higher emphasis on drugs drugs and outfits. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, and it was just like a little too high energy for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I love, obviously I love music and there are certain bands that I'll go see and I'll dance my ass off. Like I saw Wolfpack, I was like shaking my booty the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to fold my arms and really like think about it, guy. And oh, I, I'm like loving it. But I've had friends on stage be like, you looked really bored during my set. And I was like, no, I, that one, I loved it. I'm just like, 
That's kind of my thing. <laughs> anyway, so outside lands was just like much more my speed, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, I could just like be wearing a jacket and not be horribly uncomfortable. And I, there was like room to breathe and there was like trees and stuff. Yeah. And like people, I don't know. I just feel like I enjoyed listening to the music a little bit more. Definitely. Um, I saw LCD sound system. <laughs> it was legit. It was a really good time. And yeah, Coachella just, it has a lot. The, like the main reason I'm because I'm going this year. Yeah, I'm not against Coachella. And, like Coachella's dope, but it's the reason easy to I'm hate. going is I hate everything about Coachella. Right. But um, first of all, my friends are going. I want to spend time with them. Yeah, I want right. a vacation with them. And it's you can see a bunch of dope ass bands. That's it. It's uh, it's a value thing for me. Like yeah. I'm not going to go see all these bands during the year if exactly. I can like knock it all out now. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really convenient for me. Yes. Very true, and I feel like if you like if you know that going into it, mm-hmm. like you're set up for a dope ass time. Yeah, you know who's playing this year? Oh, I mean, I'm primarily going to see Lord because yeah. uh, I have not seen her before. Uh, I saw Boney Bear earlier. Wait, Ooh. I just want to tell this story because everyone needs to hear it. <laughs> Please do. Uh, I was uh, helping a friend uh, work on an album at a really dope studio. Yeah, and I was outside having. Uh, uh, having a smoke because I was working extremely hard. Uh, and I was talking to this guy and he was a producer and he was like, uh, I was like, what have you worked on? And he's like, well, uh, you know, I produce all this stuff for this band, Polisa. And, uh, I worked on like the last Boney Bear record. And then, what? so we're just talking for a while and I was like, that's awesome. Like, uh, then his friend comes out. Was this the self-titled album he was referring to or the, uh, 22 a million. What? Yeah, this was in November. Oh, shit. And uh, his friend Whoa! comes out. And uh, I'm talking to him, and uh, he's uh, a musician. He's an artist. He's like, yeah, we're just, like, working on some sounds uh, for some demo stuff. Not really writing, just working on, like, ideas. Uh, we just got off the road, and then I'm thinking, like, wait. I saw Bon Iver a month ago. Wait. This guy's name is Justin. And I was like, wait, wait, are, are you <laughs> Bon Iver? And he's like... Oh yeah, wait! You didn't recognize me? That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Wait!" He introduced himself as, "Oh yeah, I produced the last." No, no, the Bonnie other Bird guy. Record. No, his friend oh, that came oh, out oh, was Justin. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, that's fucking insane! Yeah, Jesus. And then, so, where were you? Uh, I was at um, No Name Studios in North Hollywood, which is owned by Good Music, uh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Kanye's label. Kanye. Yeah, damn. And. Uh, so yeah, and he's like, Whoa. you didn't recognize me. That's awesome. I hate it when people know who I am. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck, fuck those people. <laughs> like, oh, man. Um, and uh, Was he cool? Yeah, he was super cool. Really nice, super intense. Yeah. He felt a lot more like, oh, this is a guy that like laid down the verse on, mon- like his outro on Monster, yeah. not this is a guy that wrote for Emma forever ago. <laughs> Um, and yeah. and then the next day he was like uh he came outside for a smoke and he's like hey andy how's it going in there and i was like he remembered my name that's so sick yeah dude that's legit as fuck <laughs> so yeah uh sorry i had to get that out of the way that's amazing. everyone needs to hear that I'm story i'm so glad you told that story <laughs> that gives me belief in the universe that's why yeah i and i totally held it together with him oh also i got to yeah. Go into the studio with them and listen to what they were jamming on. 
uh, one of the things was a song that another guy in the room who I didn't find out his name, which I really regret because I loved the song. Yeah. Something he had done with uh, Sunlux. Uh-huh. I don't know them. Uh, or, or, oh, okay. Yeah. Sunlux is... If you like Bon Iver, you'll probably like Sunlux. Hell yeah. Um, uh, and just listen to them jam on stuff. I got to smoke a joint with Bon Iver. I don't oh! even smoke weed. Yeah, but if Bon Iver is like, you want a hit of this? You're like, like yeah. I'm not say no. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I got a big day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit, man. That's so cool. Um, I went it, to Beach Goth last summer and saw only went for him and James Blake. And I was like, oh, God, that must have been awesome. It was fucking great. Beach Goth was, I didn't like the vibe at all, but I just was, I just came, went front row for those two and then fucking bounced. <laughs> and nice. it was, oh, it was a I, wonderful night. I saw him at the bowl. Uh, oh, with Patty Smith? Yeah, I only caught the end of Patty Smith. Right, right. But uh, that show was great. That was the second. <sighs> Best show I, I saw all year last yeah. year. The first yeah. best was actually Porter Robinson and Maddion. Really? That was intense because yeah. they're not DJing. They are do they're triggering live Ableton sets and playing keys and That's drum pads so- and singing and uh also they have like the visuals of an EDM show. So it was That's so rad. Um yeah, that that was maybe and anyway, but both the two best shows that I saw last year are both at Coachella, so I get to relive that. Yeah. That's um, legit. I don't think I've ever been to like an EDM show or like a decent hip hop show, TBH. I um I mean I've seen not a lot of hip hop. I've seen Big Sean. Yeah. Um I saw Vince Stables at Outside Lands, but the fuck oh, it the mix was sh- terrible. Probably he probably doesn't like he's because he's yeah. big, but he's not that big. He probably doesn't pay like uh, a good front of house guy is probably like a homie. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was such a shame because it was literally like, it's just like his mic was too low. And like, it was just like, dude, <laughs> like that is the easiest fix. It was not like, oh, like oh. the fucking like 2K is a little bright. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it was just like, yo, yeah. turn up He's his like, mic. Turn it up. Yeah. And he was going so hard and no one in the audience could hear him. So he thought nobody was vibing. And so he was like oh. upset. And I was like, no, like you're sick. Like, I just heard. no one can hear you, and we want to hear North North so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that Aaron Style. His uh, somebody lost his in ears, so he was using generic in ears, which like those are good, but like if you have molded in ears and you're using generics, that's really difficult. Right. Uh, and uh, he was really pissed about it, but he still fucking killed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's legit, man. Yeah, I would that's love to see Vince. Fun. He, I, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. I want to see, uh, I think my favorite rapper right now is No Name. Do you know her? I don't think so. She had a feature on Chance's last record, Coloring Book, and she oh. put out an album that's like really cool. Um, it's like very vibey and jazzy and mellow, but okay. also like woke. <laughs> She's super dope, man. What else are you into these days? Like who are your kind of people that are, that are doing it for you besides JB? Um, Primarily, <laughs> primarily JB. Um, She's great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jake Pinegrove at all? I do like Pinegrove. I, I, uh, I mean, that kind of comes out of the whole emo thing. Totally. Like, so Pinegrove, Hotelier, Foxing. They. Like, I don't know those last two bands. Okay. Uh, they're similar vibe. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I think Pinegrove's awesome. Oh. Uh. Um, I listen to the band Why a lot. Do you know them? No. 
they're like a Bay Area pseudo hip hop indie band. Uh, Hell yeah. It kind of feels like a spoken word, slowed down, way weirder vampire weekend. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, that's dope. Uh, Frankie Cosmos has been I really cool recently. Fucking love Frankie Cosmos. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and you I fu- listen to a lot of like pop and electronic stuff. Like I, yeah. I love pop music. That's like my favorite. Like Carly Rae Jepsen is one of my favorite artists in the world. Hell yeah. Um, what what does it for you in that arena? <sighs> Happiness. Yeah. I like I like music that makes me feel things, but I also like music that just like makes me feel. <sighs> So I like music that makes me feel how I'm already feeling. Right. But I also like music that just makes me feel happy no matter what. Yes. And pop music, saccharine, like pop music does that for me. That's legit, man. Yeah. And so does a lot of Blink-182. That's badass, man. I feel like it's easy to shit on top 40 stuff. Yeah. but I And also it sounds so bad good. Like yeah. it's all so like, so like, because... <laughs> Technically, you know, the whole like over compression and everything sounds the same and everything right. like that is all kind of true. Everything is too loud. Everything is limited. Everything has a similar sonic palette, so to speak. Uh-huh. But also that sonic palette is awesome and loud sounds amazing. <laughs> so, <Yeah>! <laughs> <laughs> like, as an audio engineer, like... uh yeah. Like, I think uh, one time Pacino sent me, like, a note, like, like this sounds, like, pretty compressed. And, like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, isn't it awesome? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's legit, man. But, um, and, and, like, I totally get the other side, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just so much about it, it's just, like, it makes me... It makes me happy. Call Me Maybe is still my ringtone. I changed it to that my freshman year of college. Yo. That was like six years ago. That's so <laughs> sick, man. Heck yeah. So we're, how many, like, are you a relationship type person? Like after those two, do you find yourself in more relationships? Or like, where you kinda, where's your head at right now in that arena? Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a relationship type person. I want a relationship. Like yeah. I'm a, I'm a monogamous person, and I'm like a pretty I'm into like committed relationships. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then we have to cut this part out. But basically, <laughs> it's hard to know. Like you're like, okay, when do I stick up? When do I like fight for something? You know, or yeah. when do I like fucking move on? You know? Yeah. It's so hard to know. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Um, I had one girl that I had asked out twice, once when I was a freshman in high school and once when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. And when what, I was a... What did she say both of those times? She said no both of those times, but the when, when I was a senior in high school, um, she said no, but then we went to go like make out at a party. So, Ooh. Um, and she was leaving for college. That yeah. was basically her reason for no. One but, of the one of those no's. Yeah, and um, and then our <laughs> or my junior year of college, I get a text from her at like three in the morning. She's in Vegas and she's having like an existential crisis. Right. And uh, she's like, I'm just like, I feel like I have to like go out there and like 
dress up for all these guys to like hit on me and buy me drinks when I don't even want mm. that. And uh, my friend just took a boy back to her hotel room and she has a boyfriend and like I don't understand what's going on or any of this. Yeah. And like I don't understand why I didn't just uh, why I didn't just uh, decide to be with you. I'm like, ah! you live in New York. Shut up. Please just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a lot, man. Yeah. That's a lot to take in. Oh, uh, that was, um, yeah, uh, that was a rough thing to handle. <laughs> and we got, we got lunch when she came back and then we just like didn't touch how, how that, that lunch at all. Really? You didn't talk no, about we it? we didn't talk about you it. You guys just had lunch and we, we just, just like, had lunch. man, this, these fries are great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, man, I'm all fucked up about relationships right now. It's a, that, wild, it's a wild time. In general, they are, um, they are weirdly the source. And I don't think this is unique to, and I don't know, I think this is pretty <laughs> universal. They're, they're the source of like the most happiness and the most strife. This is so true. Um, and it's always been a, such a high priority for me in my life. And uh-huh. like, it's always like had such an incredible return, you know, but it's also had the incredible strife, you know? And so lately I've been like intellectually experimenting with the idea of like making it lower on my priority list, but in practice, like not at all, you know? And like, I'm, I'm putting myself in a lot of situations that I fucking just don't need to be in, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's like, I don't know. When we were talking about the honesty thing, you know, like I've always just preferred like this is going to be more dramatic and more energy consuming, but like it's better than the slow, quiet misery of me never saying anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's. But there are situations well, where I'm just like, I don't need to be here, but I'm just like, I'm making myself here, and I'm exhausted all the time. <laughs> you know what I hate is that honesty is for some reason dramatic. Yeah, yeah it shouldn't be. That should yeah. like that should be the the standard. Like, yes, I have this. That's so true. I have this great friend, but she like, she loves drama and she loves, um, like, I don't think she wants a committed relationship, but Mm -hmm. she loves drama. She loves like playing games Mm -hmm. and like, I don't understand that that doesn't, I mean, I guess that makes her happy, but like that shouldn't be the standard. Yeah. Um, like honesty shouldn't be, and I don't know if it's like movies or just like customs or why honesty seems so dramatic, but I just feel like that should be the base level. Yeah. <laughs> and like the best thing that's ever happened when I've so true. asked a girl out is yeah. um, this one good friend of mine. We had been friends since high school and then we had just kind of like reconnected when mm-hmm. I was a junior or senior in college and I asked her out and although this was also kind of sad. But, um, mm. and she said, uh, no. And then she just kept on the conversation, um, that we had been having up until that point. Ugh. And, uh, then I was like, wait, you're not like weirded out or bothered that I asked you out. And she said, um, no, like, you know, I don't want to go out with you, but we're still friends. That's beautiful. But then she said also like all of my male friends have asked me out at some point or another. And really? I was like, that's cool that you're really cool about it, but I like, and I feel like girls probably feel like this a lot, but yeah. I would be kind of sad because I'd be wondering like how many of them are just hanging, are my friends just because they- Trying to get in my pants or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally, man. And that's something that, like, yeah, that I'll never have to think about. Like, <laughs> no. Nope. My female friends are just trying to get some. <laughs> yeah. Not, not my biggest concern. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but that's so true. That'd be such an insecure feeling being like, what is your, what is your intention? Yeah. You know? Dang, man. But like, I don't know. I had so much more. Not, not, no, that's not true. I confirmed my, the previous uh, amount of respect that I had for her. Right. And then, <laughs> and, well, then you're able to move on. You yeah. Know? And that's beautiful. And like, we still talk all the time and it's yeah. never been an issue. That's fucking awesome, man. I guess where I'm at right now with all that stuff is like, I've been trying like literally deliberately this last week, going back to all the doors that are like still open in my heart, like girls at things were like, we're not together anymore. And like, but there were like, just kind of unresolved things there, like a lack of closure, you know, yeah. just trying to get that closure because like, I feel like I'm keeping myself from any future potential relationships if I'm still like <laughs> caught in the past, you know? That's, yeah, that's totally um, <laughs> It's hard because it's like, do I hold on to this? Because it's like, maybe it's going to be something later or like, do I just like fucking clean house and try to make sure that when I do meet somebody dope that I'm like ready to be there present with them, you know, as opposed to like, uh, I don't know where I am right now, you know? Yeah. It's just tricky, but day by day, I got plenty of shit to work on in myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, girls are dumb. When, When was the last time you were in a relationship? Um, it, it's tricky, man. It's tricky to define that line. I would Definitely. say, I would say like January, February. All right. Um, but it's it's hard because it's like, you know, like let's say it's not like, a matter of like courtship anymore. There's like all these. <laughs> it's not that there are all these labels. It's all these like let's not label it. Yeah, there are all <laughs> these in betweens. And you were saying yeah. like you were dating this one girl, and then or like. You guys weren't exclusive, and then you would hook up with other girls and feel guilty. Like I've been there, where it's like there have been yeah. kind of these like, oh, I've dated, I go on a date with this person, and then the next week I'll go on a date with another person. And it's like these are not, I'm not deceiving these people. I'm not, I'm not like pretending this is a monogamous relationship and pretending this is another monogamous relationship. But also, it's just like it's just it just gets so messy and confusing, you know? Yeah, you're just like I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, is this, yeah. And it's, so it's just, um, it's hard that, that threshold you cross just like, yeah. is this a relationship? <laughs> is this, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? So I feel like as far as defining a relationship is like, when's the last thing that fucking emotionally kicked my ass and took a lot of heart energy from me every day. <laughs> <laughs> when's the last person that I like, you know, was like, monogamous with and like would spend the night and like uh you know i would like talk to people about and we would like go on dates and stuff uh january or so yeah you know huh i'm still still trying to figure it out (laughs) i didn't really have a reason for that question i was just curious no yeah what about you roughly the same yeah 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 similar can't really (laughs) like it it's a matter of just kind of assigning a label that wasn't there, but yeah. Right. 
Yeah, man. And it's tricky because I feel like I've been trying to force it so much recently. And I feel like the people that are in the strongest relationships that I know, they're like, oh, we just, it just happened. And we were like, why not? Of course, this has to happen. I mean, I definitely, dude, force, like, because also me, like, I, yeah. I know that like 25 isn't old, but I'm almost 25 and that right. does feel kind of old. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know, like, I feel like I should be dating someone now. Right. Um, only ever brought one girl home to my parents and that was just so my mom would stop asking if I was gay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And then also I was like, uh, I was celibate for two years in college. Really? Yeah. What was that like? Uh, I think about this on the regular. I'm like, should I just fucking be celibate and try I, to develop a healthier relationship to my sexuality? So they, uh, what prompted it? I'm fascinated by yeah, this. Yeah. So there, there are like two reasons for it. Uh, one is I, I'm like religious ish. I yeah. was more in college. Uh-huh. I I wasn't really before college. I kind I was mm-hmm. in college. Were you I raised am, religious at all? No. And so you came to it on your own? Yeah. What uh, what spoke to you and what uh, tradition, if you don't mind me asking? I was, uh, like, I mean, I, I was, like, kicking drugs. And, yeah. And um, and it just kind of uh, kind of came to me like that. Yeah. Like, I, that was basically what I found out of that, and yeah. that was what got me through it. Mm. Was it and, a specific, like organization or denomination or was it more um, just like your own relationship with the universe or well so it, it was it was uh it's like a feeling of spirituality right and uh i later attributed that to uh kind of non-denominational christianity yeah uh which is basically where i'm at now except uh i don't go to church or any kind of group yeah. anymore because there was a weird incident where the group i went to at usc brought in a guy uh, a quote unquote formerly gay man to preach conversion therapy and praying the gay away. Yikes. <sighs> so that, that was kind of a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, and also very sad. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but n- more than that actually was, uh, I found that, um, at that time, uh, sex made me like kind of a bad person, not a bad person, but like, right. Like I was willing to be like a douche to to like pursue a girl, and right. I didn't like that about myself, and so I was like, well, the easiest way to change this would be to not pursue girls. So yeah, I just didn't for two years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when you say celibate, like just like no sex with other people, or did you also stop masturbating? Uh. I mean, I didn't really, ma- I, I did not stop masturbating, but I didn't really masturbate anyway. Once again, I really hope my parents don't listen. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't really masturbate anyway be- for like religious reasons. Right, right, right. Um, but like, I, so, and even now, I don't really that much, except as essentially mm-hmm. like a biological function of comfort. Right. Um, or not comfort, but like not being uncomfortable yeah, yeah, yeah um which is very infrequently but uh mm. so yeah that wasn't as big of an issue i'm also like i take ssris so me too yeah and it's just fucking so hard to have a fucking orgasm <laughs> yeah and and it's also just like less like you 
don't need to as much. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm like still mentally so attached to yeah. like having orgasms on a regular basis, but it's so much harder on the SSRI, which I've only been on since December. And so it's just like weird because it's just like harder and less satisfying. <laughs> that was a, that was a, well, I don't know if I have, I mean, like, it's not something that I'm embarrassed of, but I don't know if I've told anyone this because why would it come up? But like right. freshman year when I used to, I was like a super bro when I got to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but freshman year when I would like go out, I would only take SSRIs on like Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. So really? that, uh, so that like, or no, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and sometimes Wednesday. So that uh-huh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I would have less in my system so that if I really? hooked up with someone, it wouldn't be an yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. it's a, bu- like, oh man. I mean, not to, I, this is already oversharing way too much, but it's just such a fucking, I mean, most guys are like, I want to last longer. And it's like, you think that that's all you want. And then it's like, I, you know, after like 45 minutes and the other person's in pain and like they think that yeah. they can't make, no, you it, finish and they the, feel guilty and you're just like, it's like, just fucking horrible. It sucks for you, but it sucks so bad for them too. Yeah, because they're like, oh, I don't turn you on? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a yeah, struggle. There are like huge self-esteem issues that come into that. Yeah, yeah. And something people don't think about. They're just like, oh, I want to fuck on that. I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes is ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, man. So what's your, um, so you, like, do you, what's, how does your, like, r- r- uh, your faith, your spirituality, like play into your daily, daily life? Um, a lot less than it used to. Right. Uh, now at this point it's kind of, um, like I pray a few times a week. Right. Uh, and that's more to like center myself. Yeah. So do you freestyle prayers or do you have like Christian prayers you go back to? Uh, I freestyle. Hell yeah. Um, I, uh, I used to pray like before I ate every meal. Yeah. Um, and the craziest thing was, um, cause I have panic attacks mm-hmm. and, uh, I have been able to pray myself through a panic attack without having to take Xanax. Whoa, yeah. that's legit. And I haven't had a panic attack in like a year or two, Yeah, but, um, I don't know if I could do it now just because I am just not as in tune to it, but right. What's a panic attack? I've never had a panic attack. What's it like? Uh, have you ever been in a car crash? Uh, I've been in a couple of fender benders, but nothing like, uh, crazy. It, could you imagine being in a car crash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure. feels like that, okay. except it goes for like 15 minutes. Fuck. Um, it, it, your heart is racing and you feel like, like it's kind of like you feel like you're dying, but it's not just you feel like everything is dying. <laughs> like I, it's it's like you feel like the world is going to end, right? Um, and it's like both psychologically like traumatic and also yeah. physically uncomfortable. Uh, mm. uh, ideally, if you have medication for it, right. you take it as you feel it coming on. Yeah, because if you take it, I mean, I I've you know I used to get a number of them and. If I took it as it was coming on, mm. then I would have a rough time, but I would get through it. Yeah. If I took it as I was having it, it was uh, because sometimes you can't find your medication that fast or sometimes you're having one and you don't have it on you. Yeah. And uh, I would have like someone run and get it for me. Yeah. And because uh, it doesn't really bring you down or no, it does. 
but it it just brings you down from having a panic attack, but you are still panicking. You're just not attacking anymore. Right. Yeah. I I don't really know how to put that. But uh-huh. Panic attacks suck, basically. I right. don't recommend them. <laughs> and you haven't had one in a while? No. Do you attribute that to anything or just kind of growing um, up or just any circumstances that have changed that have like led to less panic attacks? I mean, I, I'm just like, I'm way more in control of my life now. Yeah. Um, that's part of it. I do. When do they usually, when would they come on? Would they be random or like kind of like they situational? They would be surprisingly random. Yeah. Like, I mean, there might have been triggers, but I can't. There are a lot of them that I cannot pinpoint a trigger on. So I Damn. think they were just random. That's got to be so frustrating. Um, yeah. And uh, sometimes it would happen when I was driving, which was really. Oh, bad. fuck. What do you do? Pull over? Pull over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one time I was on the on the freeway and I was coming home from picking up my roommate from the airport and he ended up taking the wheel. Yeah. Um, Damn. But uh, yeah, I haven't had one in a while. I think I'm I'm like happier. And when you're happier, you have less reason to be anxious. Yeah. Uh, I also do uh, take um, uh, benzodiazepines every day, like a very low dose yeah, yeah, yeah. for an unrelated, like I have nervous tics okay. and uh, I take them for that yeah. and that probably helps a decent amount. Yeah. But I've taken those for a while and I was taking those when I got the panic attacks. Right. But I mean, I'm sure they still help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So um, what what drew you to, uh, to Christianity? Because I feel like uh, I, oh, that yeah. was just like a community thing, I think, because yeah. um, like I, I'd had like kind of this spiritual experience where I felt that like some greater power was what got me through yeah. um, like drugs. And uh, I like I used to always say like, yeah, I don't know if I had like had different friends, I could have ended up like Muslim or Jewish. Totally. Um, it was just what was there. But yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I went to USC. Uh, yeah. Uh, most of my friends, uh, and a lot of my friends from home, uh, in the music scene, uh, knew each other from growing up in church. Yeah. Uh, even if they didn't go to church anymore, like that's still, right. that was like kind of their s- central, uh, connection. Totally, man. And, um, I just kind of got pulled into the, uh, the USC, uh, religious scene and like the USC Christian scene yeah. and like I never got into like the evangelism or anything because that wasn't my thing because like I yeah. wasn't evangelized really interesting and so I didn't believe in evangelizing other people that's cool but yeah but then the the weird shit with the conversion therapy happened and I yeah. was just like uh, I thought you guys were cool and it was years <laughs> before that happened that was right. like well there's so many I feel like it is kind of like you're badass for expressing uh your relationship with this stuff because I feel like LA is so liberal that it's like pretty like uncool to be religious or yeah, like it, have a connection with the unknown of the universe or God or it's anything. It's kind of you know? a funny thing. I because like growing up like an atheist, I yeah, I've gotten way more shit for being religious than I ever yeah. did uh, for being an atheist, which I imagine in all the other parts of the country would be the opposite. Exactly. But yeah, but we're in this um, weird part where it's like what. But I think I've always church? been cool enough about it that yeah. no one has ever felt uncomfortable. That's dope, or, man. Yeah. yeah, it's super cool. And I just feel like uh, it's it's tricky because there's so many amazing elements to it, like community and yeah. ritual and like prayer and fucking yeah. mythology, you like, know? Like I said, I was able to pray myself through panic attacks. You can't fake that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like... 
But then when the guy comes in and he's like, gay people, you got to help them. (laughs) It's like, oh, you know, and I feel like a lot of people kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, and they're like, well, therefore, because of the politics, because of a couple shitty people and because of an institution dogma thing, fuck all of this stuff. And I think that there's a lot of really valuable stuff that gets tossed out there, you know. And I think that that's why stuff like Buddhism has become popular is because right. it takes a lot of that, like, yeah, you know, like I don't see praying as being especially different than meditation. No, not at all. Um, at least, I mean, because well, meditation is like clearing your mind. Because I had to take meditation classes nice. and stuff for like ADD and anxiety and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it never really got to me because I can't clear my mind. My mind's super active. Yeah. But if I can hyper-focus on one thing, like praying, right? Um, I can get, like, that's pretty damn close to clearing my mind because yeah. there's only one thing on my mind. That's <laughs> the next best thing to zero. Yeah. And, uh, that's dope, man. But, you know, Buddhism yeah. has the benefit of uh, not having caused any major wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, there's so much of these these kind of spiritual truths that there, there are many paths to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, and like, there are so many righteous things about atheism that I'm all about, you know, like, yeah, I think that like science is a very reliable way of understanding oh. the universe, you <laughs> totally. know, yeah. and there's no formal institution and there's no like struggle for power. And there's yeah. just like, you know, I actually peer reviewed article. Like that's what it, that's awesome. That's a great, very reliable way of knowing. You I know? think of atheism as another religion actually. Exactly. It's just, a, it's, how you want to explain your universe and it's like where you see totally. your, your your source of understanding exactly and like i and i it's like i don't think that the line is as hard as like oh i'm a person of faith and i'm a, i am a person of science you know what yeah. i'm saying like i think that there are like so many systems of understanding and there are so many beautiful things to take from a lot of them and one of the reasons like buddhism speaks to me so much is because it's less to do with theology and dogma and more to do with kind of practice and, and way of thinking. And, and that's like a thing that in Christianity, I never cared about heaven. Like right. I never, <laughs> I never thought about the afterlife. Right. And like I, I got ne- enough shit to worry about in this yeah. one life. <laughs> Why are we talking about the next one? <laughs> yeah. I thought about how it applied to my right now. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, I don't know if that makes me like, at least traditionally speaking, not a Christian, but that is is where my benefit came from. Yeah. I went to Catholic high school and like, I don't know. I think, I think Christians get a bad name, Mm -hmm. but I also think that there are a lot of shitty Christians. (laughs) I mean, it's a fucking, it's a group of people. Yeah. And it's a big group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've been lucky enough in my life to know a lot of awesome people that really are like genuine, I feel like followers of Christ and just like practitioners of love, you know, like fiercely and and giving and, and, uh, that's super sick, you know, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's obviously complicated because there've been a lot of, uh, obviously controversial things in that (laughs) part of the world, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 you know, individuals, you know, and it sucks Mm -hmm. that a couple of people being dicks. (laughs) <laughs> fuck it up for you know yeah a lot of beauty and a lot of radical stuff i yeah i definitely i i get why people get so against it though like of course that happens a lot of those reasons are super like, righteous like, also they haven't seen all the dope people that like exactly and I, have seen. and I used to kind of like begrudge people for 
for dismissing religion, you know, and mm-hmm. I've recently kind of been like, oh no, like people getting angry at people raping children and people like shaming gay people, like those are good reasons, you know, yeah. like you should be suspect of authority. And if that's know? like pretty much all you've ever heard coming out of that. Yeah, of course. And you're just like, Ugh. absolutely. And so I think it's not about like a band or like stifling those skepticisms, you know, uh-huh. um, but just like, yeah, I don't know, talking to people that are like, I don't know, using it to be a better person, you know? Yeah. And that's fucking cool. For sure. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for doing the podcast, man. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I think that was great. That was yeah. a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we fucking killed it, man. I Like nine o'clock, I really wanted to go to bed and here we are. It's 1130 <laughs> and I want to ask you so many more questions, but I probably do got to get some yeah, sleep because I, I got a big old week, man. I have a meeting tomorrow. Much love, man. Fuck for yeah. Sure. Thanks for bringing these mics over too. These yeah. are super sick. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Fuck you. That was righteous. Guys, that's it. That's the whole goddamn show. Um, Get out of here. What are you still doing here? Go live your life, mate. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Andy and Adelman. What a guy. Um, Check out the podcast on iTunes if you're listening on SoundCloud. If you want a more convenient experience, you can use your favorite podcasting apps. Also, Apple has a free podcast app. Uh, give us a nice rating. Say some nice things. Make me feel good by myself. Um, and, you know, make yourself feel good about yourself. Ah, oh, I said it. Write yourself a review in your heart. But also, legit, please write me a review. Cool. See you guys. Bye.